Interestingly enough, that's exactly the word that Malachi had for his people five centuries before the coming of Christ. In this passage that Jess just read to us, he receives the good news. The Lord is going to come. God Almighty is going to take up residence in the temple. And that was good news because that's what they really wanted. That's why they had worked for so many years to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. This was good news. God was going to come and be present among them. It's what they really wanted. And my guess is, in the deepest part of our souls, that's what we all want. That we are created with an innate hunger to be in relationship with God. We desire God's presence to be alive in and among us. But then, then Malachi asks a hard question. Who, who may abide the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? Nothing new about that question. The writer of the 24th Psalm had asked it, Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? And who shall stand in the holy place? And then the answer came back, Those who have clean hands and pure hearts, who do not lift up their souls to what is false, they will receive blessing from the Lord. Mm. Clean hands, pure heart. That's a little bit above my pay grade. I don't know about you. I mean, that's almost as bad as Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus said, you must be perfect, complete, whole in love, even as your heavenly Father is perfect, complete, whole in love. Hmm. That's a pretty high bar to reach. And so the prophet says, he is like a refiner's fire. The biblical writers never hesitate to use fire as the visual metaphor to describe the presence of God among God's people. In the New Testament letter to the Hebrews, the writer reaches back to the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy and says, our God is a consuming fire. Get close. Get close to the fiery presence of God, and there's a very good possibility that you could be burned. Now, the way I see it, there was a time, there was a time when, when folks sort of came to Christ, they responded to Christ out of their fear of the fires of hell. You know, 
Jonathan Edwards back in early American history, he could dangle his congregation over the fires of hell and people would come running to become Christians. Somehow, it seems to me, hellfire just isn't what it used to be made up to be. I mean, I don't, I don't know of any of you, frankly, and I know a lot of you. I, I, don't, I suspect if we went around the room and said, what was it that drew you to Christ? What, what was it that got you moving as a disciple of Jesus? I suspect you're not going to say it was fear of hell. You're, you're going to say that it was something about the goodness of Jesus, something about the love of Jesus, something about Jesus' vision for this world with the kingdom of heaven coming on earth as it's already, uh, kingdom of God coming on earth as it's already fulfilled in heaven. That's, that's the kind of stuff that draws us into the faith these days. But I need to tell you, that doesn't mean that the fire of God's presence has been extinguished. God is still a consuming fire. Not, not the fires of eternal damnation, but the refining fire of God's love. Not the flames on the other side of death, but the refining, renewing, life-giving fire of the Holy Spirit, igniting a passion within us to become men and women who really do love God and who really do love others. Not fire in some distant Hades, but the fire of God's presence at work in us and through us to be the expression of God's love in this world. Malachi said, God is like, like that, like a refining fire. And so he describes God taking up residence among the people. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify his people and refine them like silver and gold. Well, I've, uh, I've never known much about refining silver or gold. Maybe, maybe you have, but I suspect most of us haven't been too deeply engaged in that. So take a look at what it looks like to refine some gold. So after the melting process, I came up with three kind of nugget things here. This is the first one that came out. It looks really nice. The second one has more impurities. It's still pretty nice. This third one is pretty ugly stuff. I'd imagine it's mostly copper. There's probably some gold in there, but we'll let the refiners get take care of that. So if your life 
was like one of those three nuggets of gold. Which, which would yours be? How the, the refining process takes a lot of heat, a lot of fire. And it's not always easy. If you're a more linear thinker, uh, here's a chart that describes the process of refining both gold and silver. Gold on one side, silver on the other. You don't have to read all the details. Just get the idea that it's a process. It doesn't happen all at once. And I'd submit to you that this refining process of the Spirit of God in our lives is not something that happens instantaneously in a moment in time. Conversion Conversion can happen in a moment, but sanctification takes a lifetime. We can begin the walk of discipleship with one step, but living into the life of a disciple of Jesus, it's, it's going to take your lifetime. It's a process of refining that goes on and on as God works in our lives. Now, uh, the point, of course, is to get rid of anything, any imperfections in the gold or silver. The word for that is dross, D-R-O-S-S. Probably not a word you've used yet today, but uh, here, here's the definition of dross. Unwanted material that is removed from a mineral such as gold to make it better. The purpose of God's refining work in our lives is to remove all that stuff that clutters up our lives, that gets in the way of God's best intention for each of us. The, the, the confused priorities, the old hurts, the long-standing prejudices, the baggage from our past, the things that keep us from becoming better disciples of Jesus. Christ. Now, Charles Wesley used that word dross in the hymn that we'll conclude the service with today. Here's what it says. Oh, that in me the sacred fire might now begin to glow. Burn up the dross of base desire and make the mountains flow. Refining fire go through my heart. Illuminate my soul, scatter thy life through every part and sanctify the whole. Sanctification is the religious word that we use to describe the refining process by which the Spirit of God purifies our intentions, purges us of all those things that are less than God's best for us, and prepares us to be the agents of God's love in the world. Don't miss that in Malachi, the point of this whole process is, he says, so that they may offer unto God the offering of righteousness. The purpose of God's refining work in your life and mine is so we can offer our lives to this world as the gift of God's love and grace in Jesus Christ. Uh, John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, wrote, Entire sanctification, or Christian perfection, is nothing more nor less than pure love. 
love expelling sin, governing both the heart and life of the child of God. The refiner's fire purges out all that is contrary to love because he loves you better than you love yourself. It's the process by which God refines us like pure silver or like pure gold. Sometimes that refining process happens in a deeply personal way as we wrestle with the deepest issues of our souls, the things that define who and what we are. In the 16th century, St. John of the Cross called it the dark night of the soul in which we sort out what our life will really be about. Sometimes, often, it happens through the accountability that we share with other disciples in our life together. It's the way the Spirit refines us when some brother or sister in Christ loves me enough to tell me the truth that I really do not want to hear. Every follower of Jesus needs that kind of companion on the journey, someone who can help us see the imperfections in our own lives and help us move into the life to which Christ has called us. And then sometimes, sometimes the refining process happens through circumstances, events, changes in our lives, things that force us to look at life in a different way, experiences that cause us to, that undermine the assumptions upon which we've built our lives, that causes us to look in some new direction. Sometimes it might be a combination of all three. It was in my life and the life of this church. I discovered, work on this, that Queen Elizabeth and I have something in common. I bet you didn't know that. Here it is on November 22nd in 1992, in an unaccustomed moment of personal candor and self revelation. The Queen said, 1992 shall not be a year upon which I shall look back with undiluted pleasure. <laughs> that was the year. The kids got the divorces. Windsor Castle burned. It had been a hard year. And I would say in my life, 1992 was not particularly a year that I shall look back on with undiluted pleasure. Some of you were here, you know the story. I, that was the year that uh, totally unexpected, unanticipated, God knows it was unasked for, I uh, was sent by the bishop to Hyde Park United Methodist Church, leaving a church that we had birthed and raised together 13 years before. The evidence is that if I had known more about what I was getting into, and if that committee had known more about what they were getting, we might never have gotten together. There's a real possibility of that. And uh, we entered into what became more than a two-year process in which the Spirit of God was doing the refining work in our life together, burning away some of the accumulated dross, forcing us to focus 
on exactly who God was calling this church to be in the next century or more of its ministry. It was hard. It was painful. And the folks who were here know that it was worth it all. Because... It was out of that refining process that God brought forth the clarity of the mission, the vision, the core values that are at the heart of this church and will continue to be at the heart of this church into God's future. And for many of us, it was a time when the refining fire of the Spirit forced us to go more deeply into our relationship with Christ, to more, more uh, seriously follow the way Christ was calling us to go. I, um, after the last service, a couple of us were remembering back to that time, and I said, you know, I, I, know, I know less now than I thought I knew when I came here. <laughs> Amazing how that works. I, I was pretty sure that I knew you know, knew what was going on, and I probably needed a good kick in the gut right about then in my life. Um, it was a refining time for us together. Out of it, God, God brought such amazing new life that I, I have to say with the old spiritual, I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Uh, Queen Elizabeth called that bad year of her life the Annus Horribilis. And you don't need to know Latin to know what that meant. Annus Horribilis. I look back on it and call it the Annus Incendiary Days. The year of the fire of God. And give thanks for it and for all that has flowed from it. So, i got to warn you this morning, like Malachi of old, you, you get close to this God, there's a good chance you're going to get burned. Because God is like a refining fire. And that refining fire will burn away the clutter, the dross in our lives, and enable us to become the agents of God's love in this world. Be careful. Get close to God and you'll be grateful that you got burned. To that end, I invite you to join